Our song, the podcast where your song becomes our song. I'm your host, Robert Perry Cruz, and with me is my very special guest, Carolyn Brillon. Hi, Carolyn. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, good. So we're trying this over Skype. I'm, I'm recording in cars, recording over the internet. So let's hope this one sounds great. I'm sure you want to record this again tomorrow if it fails miserably. No, thank you. <laughs> So, Carolyn, it's, I don't know if you saw the post on the website, but it, it's Robbery is what I'm, oh, I'm calling it. <laughs> unnecessary use of ours month? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's my birthday this month, in case you, you forgot. Uh, but, yeah, so I figured, why not do autobiographical songs from my own life? That's what autobiographical means. But why not do autobiographical songs? Well, it's your podcast. So, you can just really do whatever you want with it. You know, you're right. It doesn't actually need to be my birthday month for me to choose the songs. <laughs> but, you know, it sort of defeats the, the, the thinly veiled, uh, hey, everybody gets to pick their own song if it's a, no, listen to my song. Yeah. I'm talking about this now. Well, you do like a good theme. I do. I do like a theme. So, uh, in that respect, I figured we would talk about You Oughta Know by Alanis Morissette from her 1995 album, Jagged Little Pill, and Thanks. since I know you were a huge uh, fan of singing that song on Rock Band, and you missed the Rock Band episode, I figured you would be the best candidate to do the song. Sure. Yeah, right? So, what is your, what's your Alanis Morissette history? Let's start there. Um, well, okay, how old were we when that came out? 95. So, you would so have like been... Middle school. Yeah. Um, I would have been I would have been earlier going into high school. Um, yeah. Okay. So I feel like that album was one of the first albums that I really remember just everybody having. So everybody had that album. So it was just kind of always around. And on the radio, they just kept releasing songs. It was like one of the only. It was one of the only albums where it was just like every song on the album just ended up being on the radio and becoming a single. So you thought you were the only one that knew Head Over Feet, and then everybody knew Head Over Feet. <laughs> um, yeah, and so that's what that's what the album album reminds me of is just it kind of taking over. And didn't it just recently have an anniversary? I saw on iTunes, actually, when I linked in the show notes to, or the preview notes to iTunes, they had a, uh, it was the 20th, 20th anniversary, yeah. I think it was the 20th anniversary, but that, is that right? Because it was 95, 2000, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last year in 2015. Yeah, look at that. Uh, I'm an educator. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remembered, um, 
it, I had thought about it recently because I feel like Alanis was doing some promotion for the 20th anniversary. I don't know if I think it got like re-released or some sort of mega pack or something. Yeah, like that. you get live live versions and demos. I I used to love those big packs of CDs, but then when it comes down to it, you're like, you know, what? I I want to hear these songs that everyone remembers. I don't need a billion Versions, extras. Yeah, there's a reason those ended up on the cutting room floor. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to listen to them. Yeah. So yeah, that was. A, I mean, that album was huge. It was, it was, and she was only like 19 or 20 when she wrote that. Mm. She wrote that album, uh, and it was, a, it was a third album. I always thought that was just she just came out of nowhere, but she'd been uh, like a dance, like a little pop star. <laughs> Yeah. A little Canadian pop star. She, I feel like she's the inspiration for um, that element of the Canadian character on How I Met Your Mother. Oh yeah, I, I, I am. I imagine she is. She's supposed to pretty much be Alanis Morissette. But like, let's go to better. the mall. Yeah. <laughs> better <hair. laughs> Oh man, that's a good show. Do you, you know you're actually the second t- second person. Who who guested on the show to want to talk about how I met your mother? So I feel like it's spinning off. Oh it's man! Thing. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> um. So it's her third album. She it was it was a, it, like you said it was a huge hit. It was always always on the radio. It was, it was this ironic head over feet? Uh, what was the other one? There was another single. Hand in, one hand in my pocket. Oh, hand in my yeah, one hand in my pocket. God. Yeah, that was a, that was a hit machine. That album. Yeah. It, she won like a billion Grammys. She won Album of the Year, and she was the youngest person to win Album of the Year till I think like maybe nine years ago. So I don't, and someone else won. Um, but yeah, it was it was a song. Now I got that CD, and it was the first CD I ever received as a present. Uh-huh. I may have ever owned way back when for my I guess it would have been my sixteenth birthday, <laughs> and I was so excited because I really I growing up you would not know. From you know, from my musical taste now, but I think we just listened to show tunes and talk radio. <laughs> so, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I don't know if I can fit in this pop music to my show tune easy listening mix. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Not jazz hands. <laughs> so I I had started listening to the radio, and I was like, this this is the CD I want. And I can't remember who got it. It was either my brother got it for me and my mom got it for me. And I was very excited to own a CD. I felt like I was really, really going to be you know, with the cool kids. Are you, and, are you saying, like, as opposed to cassette tape? You know, I think technically we owned Thriller. I remember owning Thriller on cassette. But this was probably, it, that, that was it. I think that we owned Thriller, and then it was show tunes. So you're saying we, as in the collective, you and your brother, you didn't have fierce, like, property ownership of your... No. 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 We we listen to we listen to Les Mis a lot. We listen to Phantom of the Opera a lot. Well, we were okay. My family listened to a lot of that in the household, but when it came to like actual um albums that you owned, my brother's six years older than me, so he like bamboozled me into giving him thriller and then in return he gave me Prince. <laughs> Which Prince? Um Purple Whatever that. Oh, was. that one. Oh, yeah. that no, one was. That's not. Uh, that might be purple. No, 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 it's not. It was like yeah. blue. No, not that. Um, <laughs> so, um, 
anyways, but by, by that point, my brother had moved out, so I was really trying to, you know, put amass my music collection. And I felt like you, you kind of had to get Jagged Little Pill because at that point, everybody else had to. So you didn't want to be missing out. Mm. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was ubiquitous that year. I mean, everybody either had that album or knew that album. There was an, Some people hated it, some people loved it, but there was an opinion. And you sort of you didn't want to miss... You didn't uh, want to miss that. There's something about her, like, yodel voice that does, like... I mean, I like the album, so don't get me wrong, but... Yeah. There's, a, like, an aspect to her voice that can um, uh, walk the line of annoying. Mm-hmm. Because it's, um... I don't know. She does this, like, thing at the end where, a high five! Like, <laughs> she kind of does this thing where it, like, lilts up or something like that. So, I don't know. Now, now looking back, it seems so mid-90s. It, it, it does not, it's, um, it does not have a timeless quality to it. Oh, you don't think so? That song? Or the album as a whole? Um, no. I'm, I'm, am I tilting my head a lot? No, I'm doing that. I just oh. I, I'm watching myself. Okay, um, I'm narcissistically watching my window. The most. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, there's. I'm saying no in the sense that um, when I hear that, I immediately think that the sound is a sound of the mid '90s. Oh, to so some it's extent. like iconic in that way. Okay. I, I mean, it definitely, it definitely has a kind of post-grunge alternative feel. So, yeah, if you had to place it, it's hard to say. I mean, yeah, you could pretty easily be like, oh, it was like a 90s song, but not the same way that, say, Dishwalla or <laughs> Breakfast, what was that, Breakfast at Tiffany's or Deep Blue something. Oh, not, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not the same way that, the, oh, that's a 90s song. You know, there are those timeless songs that you know are from the 70s or 80s or 90s, and then there are the songs like that song was written in the eighties because it's a cheesy synth song. Yeah. Uh, not, not that they're not fun necessarily, but you can tell they're very very dated. And this one I think is more the you can tell the decade, but it's still. I was really shocked when I, I was listening to it last night how how much I still really liked. I really really liked that song. I mean I don't know if it was Could my favorite. You ought to know. Yeah, I mean I love that album. I, there were a bunch of songs I really liked on the album. Like, I really liked Ironic, but I feel like that song hasn't held up because everyone makes fun of the lack of irony in it. Yeah. Like Ironic. Yeah. And Head Over Feet is sweet, but is not not the same. But, man, You Ought to Know still really kicks kicks ass. You know, just listening to the to the lyrics, it's... I, I, just, I just sort of imagine... I don't think I thought about it as deeply, but sort of the idea of of Alanis Morissette going to whoever, the guy that dumped her, because, uh, again, the song's all about getting dumped and getting angry about yep. it, and just going up to them and being like, oh, hey, fancy meeting you here at this restaurant. Sorry to bother you. It's cool, but it's not cool. I'm going to now tell you all these horrible things and get in your face and be just so eloquently angry. And I'm pouring that- water on you. Yeah. <laughs> It's so good. It's just so. It's just so good. It's just the well. The um. It starts so like you know so calm and collected, and it's quiet. You know, I, I just want you to know I'm happy for you. Wishing nothing but the best for you and your new girlfriend. 
hey, by the way... Uh, lies. I don't you have to. <laughs> I don't actually care, yeah. Like, oh, it looks like, you know, and like the back, the, the backward insults, like, oh, she's like the older version of me. Um, hey, did she know that you uh, said you were going to love me forever uh, until you died? And you're not dead, jerk, so, See, you know, why don't you lie to her, like- too? When you when you like listen to it or you or you read the lyrics, you're like wincing because you're like, ooh, that's rough, ooh, that's rough. (laughs) (laughs) It's that they're so. I just love the idea of her get just getting so angry and thinking about her being like 19 or 20 when she wrote the song. Like I'm thinking about what song would I have written after a bad breakup when I was 19 or 20, and it would have been like a like a Morrissey song, just like I'm sad. Or it would have been like a Limp Biscuit song, like, I'm going to mess you up, you biatch, and just like going nuts. And to have this song that's just this thinly controlled vitriol and anger with this like crazy bass line under it and like kind of like wailing guitar is, is, is so cool. It just, it, it goes together. Like she clearly is like losing her mind and it bear, and everyone around her starts, it's like, you go girl. And as the song goes on, you know. They're like, oh god! I was like, check, check, please! Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't. This is a car crash. Well, okay, so I feel like there's this, um, uh, there's this part to it where, um, there's this aspect of the song that's so like badass, and she's just, like, I feel like I can picture her in the video where she's just bending over and her hair is like flinging all around, and she's just like, I'm angry and I'm singing about it, and this guy screwed me over. So that aspect is totally like mosh pit-esque like you're just gonna kind of like rage about it and be pissed off but then um you know so in that part it was really fun to listen to Mm -hmm. but also kind of being you know middle school going into high school there were parts of it that were like like what did she say like go down on you in a theater i don't even i don't even know if i know what that means like you dropped your popcorn? What happened? <laughs> yeah. My jujubes, they're rolling away. Can you get them for me? Yeah. You gotta go down. Go down on them. They're down there. Down there. Um, <laughs> and then wasn't the isn't wasn't there also a lyric about um like scratches on your back or something? Yeah. Yeah. Which I I, I, I knew I understood what that was supposed to be. You know, I was like, the Oh, they're talking about sex. They're talking about sex. <laughs> yeah. But you know, listening to it again, just the idea of um, what oh, what was it? Uh, you know, every time I scratch my nails down someone yeah, yeah, else's yeah. back, I hope the idea that she's so angry that she's going to find somebody else, you know, just like pick up a guy and like rip the hell out of his back <laughs> in the act of lovemaking. And it's like, I'm going to be so horrible to this person, so horrible that it's going to cosmically hurt you. Yeah. That's how mad I am. Well, like, I'm, like, I'm going to take it out on somebody else, and the transitive property of being dumped is going to come back on you. And then there's the part where um, she so clearly is using the F word that she, it's <laughs> like, um, she pauses, you know, like, um, are you thinking of me when you, and then in the, when you listen to the radio edit, it's like, you, her, <laughs> Like, I heard one that like jumped ahead like six bars and it was sort of it was like, oh, are you thinking of me? <laughs> like, oh, that's, I know, I clearly know. There's either that because I feel like, like melon farmer her. I feel like there was a lot of really awkward edits back then, so it would be like, <laughs> like some sort of like crazy sound. <laughs> you don't know what that was supposed to be. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, I it's 
it's it's really fun. It's it's fun to hear a song where someone is angry, and it's not just because you usually think of angry thoughts, angry angry thongs or angry songs, and you think of them as they're probably written by a guy. They're probably kind of violent and misogynistic, and they're just angry, just angry, like angry white guy rock song or rock like that. I mean, it's a whole genre almost of its own. So to have a song sung by a woman that isn't afraid to be so angry and and so clearly angry and so willing to express that and to just get like increasingly violent like you know scratch your, scratch your nails on someone else's back that's a violent violent lyric and I don't you know I I, I don't think I heard a female vocalist singing about that subject in quite that way if ever before, you know, and I mean, certainly not in Phantom. I mean, they didn't, they didn't have too many of those songs. <laughs> no. Maybe Miss Saigon. I don't, you know, I have to think back. That's a different podcast, which I'll be happy to do. That's, they're singing our aria or whatever. Uh, yeah. They're called Bwidoy. It's like, bad. <laughs> um, well, what I was just thinking about how like, you know, oh, like she's a female and she's like talking about how like pissed off she is. But then... I just felt like it was super lame that that was then who she became or like that was the um, caricature of her. Like now she's mm-hmm. just angry white female that's going to like rage about boyfriends that like mess her up. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. She seemed kind of like typecast by it. And then I thought it was kind of just, Annoying that that's all she, um, that's all it would boil down to is she had this one song, it was a huge hit, oh, so clearly that's her only angle. It's not multidimensional, she, you know, doesn't have, because then she had like sweet songs and silly songs, but because that was such a huge hit, and I think because it was so in your face, it just was like, yep, that's, that's what she does is crazy angry songs. Well, I mean, she chose to write a crazy angry song, and it's sort of, uh, I, mean, it, I don't, I don't, I can't think of anything else that was that. I mean, who else wrote, wrote songs that were this angry? Because I know, like, like TLC, I know, hmm? Not, wait, what? No, Jewel songs were very nice. They're all about pancakes and stuff and yodels. <laughs> <laughs> Both the candy, the cake and the, the act of, uh, good. uh no, no, I mean, and, or Sarah McLaughlin, Sarah McLaugh, McLaughlin, McLaughlin, McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Yeah. Sarah McLaughlin. Who, again, I like Sarah McLaughlin's songs as much as the next guy. Until but they come to a commercial paired with dying puppies, and then they're terrible. That's sad. That's, that's different. Yeah. I want to see the Atlantis more set you ought to know about dying puppies. Wow, wow, wow! It's puppies dying. I know. I'll, I'll donate for that. See, I want to talk about that lyric for a second, because I had to think about that one. Because most of the lyrics are pretty much on their face. Like, I'm going to scratch my nails. Uh, that chick's old. She's the old me, so I was way better. Um, I thought you were going to love me forever. Did you tell her that same line? You're not dead, so you must be a big liar, and I hate you. You know, all those lyrics make sense. But it's not fair to deny me of the cross-eyed bear that you gave to me. Um, you, what, what You you ought to know. You ought to know. Just, Just... Just so you know, but what what does that line <clears throat> does that line mean anything to you? Because I was trying to parse it out, and I th- I think I have a meaning, but it was it, it felt very messy. 
So I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on it. Let's see. Um, I feel like, I guess what I got out of it is she's um, been so wronged by him, and then that that's her, like, that's her cross to bear, and that's kind of the way that the story's going. So to say otherwise, like to flip that story somehow that maybe he didn't do wrong by her or maybe it's not that big a deal is to take that away from her. Ah, that's okay. That's, that's kind of where I was going. The idea that she doesn't want, yeah, don't like, don't take this away. Don't try to say anything. Don't make it better. Like you've, you've ruined, you've ruined some, yeah. some something for me. And I, I don't actually want to let it go, which I, I, I like that idea. Like, I'm angry. I don't want to not be angry. I, know. I don't want it to be okay. I'm going to be mad about this. And how dare you think you can make it better? Well, not in the, se- not in the sense of, like, breaking up with someone. But don't you ever, or maybe, but don't you ever want sometimes to just wallow? Like when, some, like when someone's trying to make you feel better and you're like, I'm not ready to feel better yet. I'm like, I'm just going to wallow. I'm down here. And I'm yeah. not ready to be done with that yet. It's, it's a grieving process. You, you can't you can't rush it. You have to. You feel better when you're ready. It's it's fun to be angry about things. It is it is an exciting emotion. You've got adrenaline going. Uh, I mean, I I, I I have never approached some girl who's dumped me and been like, oh, here's a litany of crap about you, and just just gone off in public. I've thought about like that would be fun. But I'd never do that because it's kind of scary. You know, my anger only goes so far. I was going to say, usually when I get really angry, I just, like, break out in hives. And so it just doesn't work out for me very well. Oh. Yeah, you can't, you can't, your music video is not as good when you have hives. No, so it's and you hard. can't, like, publicly thrash someone when they're like, are you medically okay? You have to be <laughs> emergency. And I'm like, yes, I'm just angry. <laughs> Yeah, it sort of derails your. Totally. That's your cross to bear. Don't tell me. Don't tell me I'm medically ill. Total giveaway. I must wear <laughs> like turtleneck sweaters if I'm in a confrontational situation. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. When I get super mad, I feel like there's a there's a point at which somebody tells me something like you you you're hypocritical or something you said contradicts something you just said. And it catches me, and I just suddenly stop, and I can't stay mad anymore. And it's like I've lost my power. My weakness has been has been revealed. And I just, just gonna like jump out a window. I can't. I can't be here anymore. Don't look at me. Yeah. You know, it's it's like it's like Looney Tunes. You know, when they step over the over the cliff, and until they until they look down, they could just stand yeah, in midair like, forever. Yeah, it's not like I'm angry until someone like points out like, well, you know, she dumped you because you were always angry. <gasps> To go, no, I realize my limitations in life. I should stop this. All right, now, are we going to talk about the elephant in the song? Who? Uh, oh, the audience who, who can't she... see this, but you can. <laughs> yes, let's let's talk about who is Alanis Morissette singing about. I did a little research. But why don't you tell, who? what's the story about who is Alanis Morissette you ought to knowing. Well, the audience at home couldn't see my hand, like, miming, cut it out, seriously. Because clearly she's talking about Joey, right? That's his name, right? Uh, yes. Well, that's the character he played on Full House. Yeah, that's, yeah, obviously. Dave Coulier. Dave Coulier, who is, like, way older than her. They're both Canadians, so clearly it's plausible. 
Um, mm-hmm. And somehow something went awry in the relationship and caused her to write this vitriolic song. So that is the rumor. I don't know where it came from. Because as far as I could tell from my, my Wikipedia research, he has said it was about him, but it was cited like 2008. So it wasn't that long ago. But he's also said it wasn't about him. Bob Saget said something about how, oh, yeah, I was there when she called him. or So, so like, made some comment that he was around when it happened. But, you know, he may have been joking. Um, and then I heard... You want to hear the other the other rumored lovers that this may have been about? Okay, are they all Canadian? Um, maybe. Tell me about no, them. Not all of them. Uh, one is Mike 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 Pelor, who's a hockey player who plays in New Jersey. There's Leslie Howe, who was the producer on her first two albums, which again maybe you know older guy producing albums. She's like a teenager, so I could see how she could have been, you know, in a relationship and thought a lot of it and have it go awry and, and have it been really upset, maybe. The last one, I had never heard this before, Matt LeBlanc from TV's Friends. What? Is he Canadian? I don't think he is. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's only allowed to date Canadians. She did date Ryan Reynolds, and they were engaged oh, at one yeah. point. Oh, yeah, then it didn't work, and he got with Blake Lively. Mwah. I don't remember. Which one is she? She's um long. she's the age of Adeline. She's oh yeah, age of, age of Adeline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the best Harrison Ford movie I've seen in the past year. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So the weird thing when I heard that it was about that I heard the rumor, the predominant rumor. It certainly could be true. She won't say. She's like, I don't want to talk about right. it. I, I get why. I get why. why? You, you know what she's going to do? She's going to wait until she's like 60 and then write a book and release it in that, like, uh, Carly Simon, and all of a sudden she's revealing who um, You're So Vain is about. I thought she told some, didn't she? I thought she, like, told one person only. Who, who was it about? No, no, no. Uh, Carly Simon. She, I thought she didn't tell anybody. Or she told one person. It was like a contest. Or did she really tell somebody? She, like, I think she like wrote it in her book. She just released a book, and oh. and then and so she, um, you know, said that uh, like one verse was about him, but the other two verses were about other people. I'm thinking, yeah, uh. book two and three. <laughs> I don't know if Carly Simon has a trilogy in her. Um, any who's the so okay, because Full House is pretty big around the time too. Yeah, I think it was late late eighties and nineties, throughout pretty much throughout the nineties that show was on. Yeah. yeah. So to have that come out and you're thinking like, Oh man, who is she talking about? This is so crazy. And then have it to be like jokester Dave Coulier, whether or not it's true, was so bizarre. You're like, What? <laughs> and then you yeah. think of like all the um the like parts in the song, but picturing Dave Coulier, and you're like, "What? This is weird." It, it kind of does undercut the the angst. You like, you imagine some guy like, "Oh, you're so yeah, angry," and, just, like, and it's Dave Coulier. Doing a wacky like, I don't dance know. in the background while she's like moshing or something. <laughs> like, are you sure? Like, he dumped you, really? Uh, were you that bad? I don't. Yeah, he was probably. Fun. You're mad because you can't hear his jokes Did anymore. You? Really yeah. do that in the movie theater. Dave Clee- Ooh, I don't know. He probably didn't like it. He was like, hey, no, stop. Come back. 
Popcorn. Scratch my scratch my back some more. No, not like that. Uh, yeah, get those jujubes. Oh, kid. God. <laughs> Do you know who played the... I, I found this interesting fact. Do you know who played the, the instruments on this song? Oh, oh, oh. Um, I think the only one that I know is Taylor something or other from Foo Fighters who um, played drums, and I remember him from the video because they're, like, out in the desert and he's going nuts. He, I don't know if he played... I, he was, I think he was in the video, and he definitely played drums on some songs. I don't remember if he did on this song. He might have. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, he, okay. Uh, no, but the only two, the two I noticed were uh, were bass, bass and guitar was Dave Navarro on guitar and then Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers on on bass. Which when I heard that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. When you, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you said, um, you know, somebody who plays bass, and I'm like, geez, the only person I know who plays bass is Flea, and I totally would have gotten it right. You would have gotten it right. Okay. Everyone, let's just rewind okay. and skip ahead. So who's the producer who put all of that together? Because that's pretty like. Mega. Glenn Glenn Ballard was the producer. I only remembered because his name is like on this album. I think he co-wrote almost every song with her. And I remember an interview, she'd talk about him, and she'd say Glenn Ballard, like really Canadian-like, so it stuck in my mind. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny about Canadian accents is that I, I discovered that in my travels, if you couldn't figure out where someone was from, they were probably Canadian. It's kind of like just something's a little bit off. Like you're sp- in terms of like you're speaking clear, clearly you're speaking English. You don't sound like you're from New York or New England yeah. or Baltimore or the South or the Valley. So it must be Canada. Yeah, it's exactly what happens. <laughs> it's it's. Weird. I guess. I mean, I don't sound like I'm from New England and I'm from New England. You don't sound like you're from from Bolt- Baltimore. Balmer? No. Baltimore. Ew, 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 I don't know, that's Dr. Evil. I don't really, I can't do Baltimore. <laughs> water, I need some water. Need some water. <laughs> I say that in Pennsylvania, sometimes they say that too. Water. Uh, so, I love this song because it has a very personal memory. It's my first rock CD I owned. And because it is a super angry song that you can enjoy without everyone saying, you're just an angry man. Because it's sung by a woman, right? So you get the best of both worlds. Okay. Uh, and it has a great yodeling ending, where she's she's sort of yodeling quietly at first, and then she yodels really loud, almost like, I'm sort of thinking about this, and I'm so sad, and now I've lost my mind completely, and I'm just going to go back on my, my tirade. Uh, so that is a fabulous, fabulous song for that reason. How about you? Why do you like this song? Um, I liked... I like this song because it did allow you the opportunity to just female rock out, which there weren't mm-hmm. a ton of opportunities for that. Um, no doubt had a few, but it was like a different rock. This was they were when they, when when did Tragic Kingdom come out? I think that was later because their first album was like almost like a ska. Yeah. Uh, um. No, I feel like um. I'm just a girl. Definitely came out around that time mm-hmm. because. I remember seeing the video being like, what is this? This is fun. Um, So, like, for that reason, I liked You Ought to Know, but I also liked it as part of the the kind of package where I felt like this is a whole album that is really kind of having an impact, which was fun and exciting. And, um, yeah, to kind of feel part of that and be of the age where you're just, like, super impressed. There's an impression left on you by music. Mm. 
So why should it be? Why should it be our song? It is our song, but our song. Well, Audience, I'm moving my hands really big. I gotta throw that hour. back on you, buddy, because it's Robuary. You're right. It is Robuary. And you know, you pick. I'm passing the buck. I'm sorry. Um, why should it be our song? I mean. There were bands. I mean, there were there were bands in the yeah. '80s and late '70s. What? I'm just looked it up on my phone. I'm just a girl was released in 1995. Oh, oh my goodness! See, same time. I, mean, I don't. I don't want anyone to believe that who's only listened only listens to this podcast, and not actually ever listened to other music. That this is the first song about a, you know a female who is angry, like rocked out and angry. But because there have been plenty of female acts that you know were punk acts or rock acts or folk acts that sang about sang about breaks up, sang about breakups, sang about being angry, sang about being a woman who was angry and broke up. So the different perspective than the angry guy, because that's like ninety percent of the songs I think. <laughs> this this was something a little different. It sort of took what was you know more of a probably like a you know predominantly male sound in sort of grunge and alternative. And took that that not aesthetic. What's the, what's what would be the the musical term for aesthetic? Uh, tone, vibe. I guess. Vibe. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Took that vibe and then put it to these lyrics that are they're not as like they're, they're not they're not mature because they're not supposed to be. Because who would go and start screaming at someone in a restaurant? Someone who was immature, not necessarily for age, but. You know, somebody who is very mature and, you know, understanding of relationships wouldn't go screaming at people at a restaurant and, and t- tell them all the terrible things about how they ruin their lives and how they're terrible liars and, you know, dissing on the new the new lady oh, man. in this guy's life. Don't diss. <laughs> Don't diss. Uh, but putting them all together in a package that really, I think, I don't want to say empowering, that, that, that might be giving it too much credit, but I think really allowed for a lot more songs where women could express emotions, not just in their lyrics, but also in their music and their their attitude. I, I think it was more accepting that this, this that the emotion of anger, which everyone's angry, but was more accepting that yeah, yeah, you could have a female artist being this angry. And I'm sure I'm missing like huge influential artists from the past, and I'm I'm putting too much on. Alanis Morissette, but it, it definitely, if not in She Did It First, which I, I can't imagine she was the very first, certainly in terms of success, she was probably the first like, super successful uh, female artist to express these emotions and, on an album that everybody bought, that, you know, at least in, in 95 they bought it. Yeah. So it's, it's historical, but it's fun. I think it's so much fun to listen to. I listened to it maybe three, four times, and usually... I've heard the song a billion times before, and I was like, oh, I probably only need to listen to it once. Like, I want to listen to this song again. It just is so... There's that, that schaden, schadenfreude of, like, that guy is so embarrassed for himself and for her. <laughs> and I'm, like, really... You know, everyone else is sort of like, I'm going to leave. I'd be like, oh, this is hilarious. I love it. I'm going to sit right here and watch yeah. this train wreck. Yeah. Don't take so, that cross from her. No, let her be angry. I want to hear it some more. Yeah. What'd she do? What'd you do in the movies? Oh, oh my. <laughs> so, for that reason, I, I, I claim this song in the honor of Rob Ruary as our song. 
So that's You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette. Thank you, Carolyn, for helping with... Uh, we're trying out the Skype stuff, so we don't have to... I don't have to carry my microphone around everywhere. Um, and so we can can do some more uh, quick quick hits, quick recordings. Um, so thank you for... <laughs> thumbs up! Thumbs thank up. you for helping. Yawning thank you for up. talking to me. It is oh. well past my bedtime. I'm sorry. But what? One more thing. You picked this song a lot in rock band. We haven't talked about that. Is there is oh, there a reason that you like to do this? Sing. <laughs> okay. You, so there's like okay. um, it's really fun to sing, but I also like singing songs that I generally know the words to because then I can have more fun with it, especially mm-hmm. if I like I'm trying to also play drums or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um. But there is just something very uh, fun about doing, like, the rock outs, because you could just be like, whoa, like, I'm just singing this song, and this is totally not me, nor would I ever act like this, but this is, I'm, like, playing this role for this song, and it's really funny and crazy and fun. So, yeah. All right. But maybe also, why did I pick this song so much? Maybe just because it's, was it part of Rock Band 1? Is it just like... No, I don't think so. Forever? I think it was it was Rock Band 3. Oh, it might have been 2, but it definitely was in 3, hmm. 2, 3. Um, yeah, but you, you picked this song. You picked this and Blondie a lot. I do. I like, I like Blondie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we, can do Blondie, we can do Blondie sometime. Uh, but but this one, this one uh, if we're thinking autobiographically about good old me, this song was definitely very impactful. Uh, and, you know, honestly, this was, you know, from here, pretty much every album I purchased after <laughs> stemmed from Alanis Morissette. So I want to make sure she got her she got her props in, in, in an episode. Nice. Good one. Yeah. Do you have anything to plug? Anything <laughs> to plug? Um, no. Nothing at all? I, Not... I, your entry plan? Carolyn, everybody. Yeah, Rob. Carolyn is going to be a school principal. Hey. And I might be, too, but only because I am copying her. Wraps. <laughs> I'm just telling people that I'm taking the course just to, you know, keep my options open. Okay. You're nicer than me, so you'll make a better principal. Woohoo! It's true. I'm not copying. We're collaborating, and I'm not keeping up. I end of the word. <laughs> Doing podcasting, but I don't have time for real things. Um, I have this money-making scheme going. Well, I'm sure you will help me on the loaned end of things. I still owe you money for books. I'm, like, terrible. It's just terrible. Oh, God. But, Here hey, you, are. you got, you know, took me to the movies the other night. That was special. That's true. So I think it's, like, $142 I still owe you or something. <laughs> yeah. But you're on my. I let you on my podcast, so we're probably. Oh even. God, let me on your podcast? Are you kidding me? Uh, Please, Rob. What can we do? You ought to know. I mean, I love Rob being Rob. on your podcast <laughs> at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody at home, thank you for listening. I hope the recording came out well. Uh, so you can, if you like this episode, that's awesome, and I'm super happy. You should totally. Subscribe to us so you don't have to go to the following links. You could go to playingoursong.net. Uh, you do want to go there because every week we have a preview and you can find links in the videos to the to the songs that we're going to talk about. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash playingoursong.net. You can follow us on Twitter at playing underscore our song where I am making a concerted effort to post one tweet a day. 
And I've retweeted some people, too. It's very exciting. If you're interested in sharing a song or you want to talk about a song, I'm always happy because this is all about hearing other people's songs. Except for Robbery. Don't even try. Talk about my songs. <laughs> Get lost. Go to March. Go to March. Marchuary, where we talk about other people's. We're talking about Philip Sousa marches all month long. Oh, God. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Um, you can email me at rob at playingoursong.net. So, Carolyn, thanks so much again for being here. I hope that you come back. Tell your husband I, I I'm gonna I got a schedule. He's got two, not one, but two folks, two songs uh, from hip hop, which we never talk about because I'm not that cool. So I'm excited to hear those. I will tell him in the morning because he's fast asleep. Yes, you don't tell him right now. I just meant at some point. Wait, hold on. Wake him up. Rob wants to talk about hip hop. Right? I'm gonna take this elevator down. Oh, it's falling over. Take us straight down. I'm in a chair. Audience love that because they can see it totally. Um, what's all this crap? This get cut out. Yeah, Garbage my up. friends. Um, actually, it's not the cutout crap, but my friend's podcast at the end does these like little um sound bites of all these like funny sounds mm. or whatever, just aspects of it. I think that would be funny. What's your friend's podcast? We should, you should plug that. Oh, my friend's podcast. Um, Ken Reed. He's a Boston comedian. He's got um, TV Guidance Counselor is his podcast where he <laughs> um, has a guest um, uh, pick. He's got, like, the full collection of TV guides. It's kind of crazy. and That is the coolest thing. Yeah, and has um, a love for kind of classic television and TV guides in general. So <laughs> guests come on and choose... Um, a TV guide, which is a week in time, and then they go through and pick what they would be wa- what they would be watching each night. That is an excellent, excellent idea for a show. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And then he, but then he'll have like bonus people on. Like I just listened to an episode with Andrew WK, where they just um, uh, they'll just like like if he has a musician on, they'll just like talk about. TV and music and whatever, so it, it kind of veers from the general um, concept, but he's a pretty darn funny guy and has an interesting, when he talks about like growing up and stuff, it's always funny to listen to, and right now he's in LA, so I'm sure he's getting some cool, cool guests, so oh, yeah, awesome. that's, I, yeah, I just plugged my friend's podcast. That's good. Would you guys know each other from, from college? or? Yeah, we did a study abroad together, so we were in London at the same time. Awesome. Well, that sounds like fun. I like that idea. So uh, when you're done listening to this, you can go listen to TV Guidance Counselor. I'm sure he needs help from my 20 listeners or whatever, I think, <laughs> <laughs> if, if that a week, to, uh, to plug him. How about this for a plug? If you have a hard time listening to all of your favorite podcasts, you just listen to it in double time. Unless that gives you heart palpitations like it does me, but then you get through it ever, ever that much faster. I, 1.5 times is how I listen to everything. <laughs> it's creepy to me, but works for you, buddy. Yeah. All right. Well, Carolyn, thanks again for being on. I appreciate it and staying up past your bedtime. Everybody else, get to sleep. It's probably late or the morning. I don't know when you're listening to this. <laughs> Please don't sleep while driving. No, don't sleep. Stay awake if you're driving. Wake up! Listen to this!
But until our next fabulous episode, we have some, we have some guests coming up. We have some guests, not just people I know. I swear, maybe they might cancel. It's pretty me, but right now, Rob's podcast. It's robbery. Everything's coming up, Rob. A hit TV show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, bye everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, until next week. Remember, it's your song, so play it long and play it loud. See y'all. Bye. bye.